Why choose a Sleep Number smart bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number smart bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 smart bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number special edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. On today's episode, I candidly talk with Justine Young, a mom of six and owner of Little Dove, a motherhood and family travel blog, about what moms really talk about in the car pickup line. I heard once at a conference something that really resonated with me, and the person said that balance is achieved over time. And it's not achieved every day, necessarily. But when you take in all the weeks or all the months or even all the years, that's when you find balance. Hi, and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. Well, hello, Justine. How are you doing today? I am doing just fine. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I just adore you and I want everyone to know you and know all of your secrets of blogging and being a mom and doing all the things that you do. So thank you for taking the time to share with everyone today. Of course. So let's let's start off with what moms really talk about in the car pickup line, because (laughs) I know I'm a big fan of your random car line rambles. I know I've, you do them in your stories and I've been watching them on your Instagram and I just, you're just so funny. Like you're just one of those people who are just naturally funny. I'm not, (laughs) I, I have to try to be funny. I think sometimes and every once in a while I have a good one, but you're just one of those people who are just naturally funny. And I, I just love that about you. And so your um, random car line rambles are just funny to me because you're just so authentic. You're you're honest, um, even vulnerable at times, talking about real life matters that we all think about, but don't necessarily all talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so first, you know, since we're talking about the car line, obviously, both of us have kids. Um, you're a mom of six. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about a little bit later on how you multitask everything <laughs> in your life. Um, but, you know, we both, you know, take our kids to school. And so we both probably experience something similar when it comes to car drop off and car pickup in the school line. Um, I think I feel like for even just this year alone, it's only what two months into school, not even. And I've almost gotten into like four car accidents because <laughs> what happens? I don't know. But do you experience that in, in when you drop your kids off at school or pick them up? I feel like like the parents that come and go just kind of 
go into a different mode and they it's are just like brutal sometimes, huh? Right? Okay, so yes. tell me your experience with that because I know for me, um, we've even had we've even had a complaint to our local police officers to actually come and like kind of be on the street where, you know, where, where the cars actually go because mm-hmm. it gets so brutal out there. So what is your experience with that and why do you think that's happening? It's so crazy when <laughs> parents just get into this other know. mode. I don't know what it is. Tensions are high after school. I don't know. Dro- drop off is not bad for us. Pick up, pick up last year. My, my girls were at a different school last year and pick up was insane. I was one of those parents that had to get there like 30 minutes early. Otherwise I was fighting with people and people were trying to come in front of me and it was just, it was just crazy. And that's when Carline Ramble started because I was there so flipping early and (laughs) I was, I was returning emails and I was writing blog drafts on my phone. And then I realized, Hey, you know, this is a time when I can actually be on stories and talk about all the things I want to talk about and not have kids interrupting me all the time. Right. So yeah, the pickup is not as bad this year. Our school that we're at right now is like really militant about it. They lock the gates to the, to the parking lot and they don't even let you in until five minutes after school has started. So they are really trying to, I think they had a lot of complaints from neighbors in the area. Right. So, but yeah, parents just, I, I don't know why tensions are so high at pickup. I don't know if, do you have any, do you have any idea? Cause I have often wondered that that would be a good subject for Caroline Rambles. Why are tensions so high? At you should, and you should do a poll because I, I feel like we would get a lot of really good answers from other moms that are in a similar spot. You know, for me, you know, I'm thinking maybe they have to rush off to a dentist appointment or maybe an after school sporting activity mm-hmm. practice, you know, cause I know for a while my, my daughter is um, taking voice lessons right now, singing lessons. Mm-hmm. And for a while her, um, um, over the summer, she started, and so the three thirty time slot was great because we yeah. went, you know, whenever we, you know, had the moment in the afternoon to go. But now, when her school gets out at three fifteen, and we have to be down the street by three thirty, and there's lots of traffic, right. you know, we, we often, you know, would go late. So we had to change her time around. But you know, that's a whole other story. But. So I'm only thinking that maybe other parents have, you know, baseball and soccer and dance and all the things that we do for our kids, especially if they have multiple ones like yourself, and you're going in like so many different directions that I think that just the stress level's high. And I know one thing that drives me crazy is at our school, we have like a loop. So, you know, like many schools, you know, you go up, you you know, sit in the loop, your kids get in the car, and then you keep going. Mm-hmm. Well, even though they literally send it out in every Friday newsletter to say, <laughs> don't park in the loop, yes. right? Don't get out of yes. your car, don't leave your car. And lo and behold, almost every day, there's at least one or two cars that stop. And, you know, you yes, know, just, they like have not mastered the car line drop off and pick up. I'm like, guys, this is not rocket science. I have four kids that I'm getting in and out of my car and I can do it faster than you with your one kid. You don't need to help your child out. <laughs> like, don't have them have their backpack in the back of the car. It should be in their lap. They should be ready to go. You should be yeah. like, they should be tucking and rolling as the car's still going. Okay? Just <laughs> Totally. Like those like those memes, um, those reels and TikToks that are out there of saying like, you know, what it looks like when you drop your kids off at school and the kids are literally like rolling out of the car, the backpacks <laughs> being thrown out. Like, you know, that's probably how it should be, you know, but 
And I, I'm all for, you know, kissing your kids goodbye. And I'm all for, you know, doing all of that. It's just, you know, I'm a rule follower. So when I see people mm, yes. not following the rules, it drives me crazy. Drives and then one, me crazy. Yes. Yeah. One of my daughter's teachers, uh, you know, from last year was reprimanding me for not moving forward in the line because oh. the car in front of me had parked. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, I, I don't know what to do. I can't move. There was a car behind me and the, the car was stopped in front of me. And I just was sitting there and, you know, the teacher's yelling, keep it moving, keep it moving. And I'm like, I'm trying. So right? it's just, yeah, that's just frustrating. So anyone who's listening out there, if you've had a similar experience, please reach out to us on Instagram. And if you want Justine to do a random car line ramble on this particular topic, I know it's something I've talked about with moms a lot. Yes. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time when we're trying to pick up our kids. Um, it just happens. So, um, okay. So my next thing that I know just I experienced the other day, and you know, it's so funny. I don't know if you feel like this as a content creator, but the other day I was in my car and I was cleaning out my car. And, you know, when you have kids and you're trying to clean out your car, you find all sorts of things in the back seat. So um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I never find random stuff. My car is perfect. Right. Right. So the other day I was sitting there and again, I guess because we're content creators, maybe we think this way and maybe other people don't who don't do this for a living, but I was cleaning out the car and I just kept finding random socks everywhere. Just yeah. socks, right? Like no shoes, no toys. Like there was just random socks everywhere. I collected probably like 12 and I was thinking to myself, what is like, are my kids just taking off? Like, maybe I just don't notice they're taking off their shoes, taking off their socks after school. I don't know. But I find socks not. And I thought, oh, this would be a really funny reel of me, like cleaning out the car and finding all these random socks. And then, of course, I don't have the time to actually go and do it. But I thought it'd be a good reel or, you know, good real idea. <laughs> but I don't know about you. But the one thing I feel like I find most, whether it's in the car or just in my house when I'm cleaning up, you know, picking up around the house are socks. Do you have the same experience or am I literally the only one that has this sock oh, no, random no. sock issue? Yeah, no, random the the random sock issue is a real issue. You know, and it's funny because yes, I find them all the time in the car, but usually not two, usually just one. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's where all the socks from the dryer that you lose in the dryer go or something like they magically transform everywhere else. I find socks that I know I've never even bought in my house. I'm like <laughs> What random people are coming to my house and taking off their socks and leaving them here? I, I the socks are the biggest mystery of motherhood. I think the oh. random sock issue. Yes, yes, it is so funny, it, and I do. I have a whole bin. That's probably something else I could. I should probably yes, show them or something to make it real. There's a whole bin of missing socks, like a, mm -hmm. literally hundreds probably of, I probably should just throw them away at this point, but I just collect them because it's so fascinating to me. And I have this bin above, you know, above our um, washing machine. Yeah, and dryer, and it's just filled with all these random socks. And then I think, where the heck did the other socks go? Where is it's the one of life's go? great mysteries? It really is. Right? Yeah, I have a, I have a similar basket in my laundry room. It has it says lonely socks on it. And every couple of months, I'll try to match some up, and I usually get a few. But it is full, and like you, I can't throw them away because I'm like, one day I will find this damn yes. sock. <laughs> So I don't throw them away. That is so true. But then here's the thing is like, it, it could be like a month or maybe two months where I find that matching sock. And I think, mm -hmm. where was it all this time? They, like maybe it was in my car, I guess, because all the rest of the rest <laughs> of them end up in the car. I don't know. But, you know, I try to keep things pretty tidy. I mean, I, I get behind. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. going back to you being a mom of six, you know, how do you multitask with six children, you know, working, you know, blogging and whatnot, and, you know, you're a wife and, you know, you're also, 
you know, probably, you know, I don't know what you and your husband do as far as sharing responsibilities around the house, but I mean, there's cooking and cleaning and all the things Uh we have to do to keep paying the bills. What, how do you, how do you multitask that? What are some of your tips or secrets or how do you manage, you know, doing all of that each day? So I would say my biggest tip and the way that I manage it is by knowing that I can't do it all, all at once. I heard once at a conference, something that really resonated with me. And the person said that balance is achieved over time and it's not achieved every day necessarily, but when you take in all the weeks or all the months or even all the years, that's when you find balance. And I think that that's really true because there are some days where I am really, I feel like I am rocking motherhood. Like I'm snuggling with my kids and we're doing crafts together or we're baking together and we're playing outside and all this stuff. And then there are days where I write three blog posts and get a bunch of stuff pinned on Pinterest. And there are days where I get the floors cleaned and all the laundry caught up on. So like I find that balance is achieved like when I take all the days together and add them together. And it's, it, it is a struggle and people often will say things to me about how they're impressed that I can do it all with six kids. And I'm like, I just do it the same way a person with one child does it. Like you, you take it one day at a time and you kind of learn as you go. You know, I wasn't, I, all my kids are singletons. I didn't get six at once. You know, I, I kind of learned as I went and I added on and I, and you're just, your capacity to do more is, you have a greater capacity to do more. You just kind of, you know, that's, that's life. You get used to it. (laughs) You're able to do everything you have to do. And, um, and sometimes you do have to have those days where, where I had one of those days yesterday. I was like, I just need to sit on the couch for an hour and read a book. And I did. And I like never do that, but sometimes you need to do that. And you need to realize that it's okay because I work dang hard, like 99% of the time. Right. And we're usually the ones as moms, I think. And sometimes I'm not going to exclude dads on this, but, you know, me being a mom, I'll speak for myself and, you know, Mm -hmm. my friends that we talk about on a regular basis. I don't talk to a lot of dads on a regular basis. So I'll just speak for me and some of the moms that I know is that I feel like, you know, we do so much for our our jobs, our homes, mm-hmm. our kids, our husbands, mm-hmm. or our spouses, partners, whoever, you know, whoever's listening and who can relate to that. But then we usually come last, you know, and that's not mm-hmm. being martyr. That's not being a martyr. I mean, that's really just kind of how I feel motherhood just works. And I don't know and if that's it's kind just- of the way I prefer it personally. I, yeah. I prefer to take care of everything else first to make sure that everything else is is okay before I take care of myself, like personally, you know? Right. Right. And I, and I agree. I actually love it. Like I really do love taking care of others. And that's probably why I'm a therapist too, because I Mm -hmm. love helping others and doing, you know, doing for others and, you know, kind of just fixing everything and whatnot as much as I can. Um, But I, but I do think, you know, there's a message in that, in, in that, like you said, when you need extra sleep, go to bed early. If you feel mm-hmm. like I need to sit yeah. on the couch for an hour and read a book, or I just need to go, you know, go to Starbucks and have a coffee and just sit and look at the birds flying by, yeah. you know, whatever you need to do that it's okay to take a break and it's okay mm-hmm. to put you first. It's not selfish, you know, cause I think sometimes that's in, you know, in our society, some of the messages that we hear that if a mom takes time off or goes away for the weekend with the girls or, you know, whatever it is that it's being selfish. And I think, you know, I just want to dispel that myth that 
it's okay for moms to take a break because we do work so hard. Like you said, 99% yeah. of the time that that 1% can be for us. And that's, mm-hmm. that's okay. And even the person yeah. that was before we became a mom, I was watching an old news clip of me on CBS eight from years ago, talking about <laughs> taking a momcation and I was submitting it for something, you know, for, for a potential job down the road. And they were asking for any time I'd been on the TV. And so I was looking for some best clips and whatnot. And I haven't watched that clip in years. And I was looking and I was thinking, gosh, I don't follow my own advice. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> right? I'm good at giving it, but not taking it. Um, but, you know, I was just thinking that, you know, just the message in that and that 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 moms can come first too, and that's okay. So, um, and a momcation doesn't mean, you know, actually going away for a weekend and spending money at a hotel or, you know, spending the day at the spa, you know, could just mean reading a book on the couch or actually having a warm cup of coffee instead of a cold cup of yeah. coffee, um, you know, or something. So, um, so I'm glad you mentioned that. And that kind of brings me to my next question of, you know, how do you ever get time alone and, and what do you do for yourself? Um, you know, when those times come, um, you know, it, I'm, I'm not the best person to ask that because I really don't do a lot for myself. Like the last time I got a pedicure was like over a year ago. I was just thinking about that. I was like, I should really go get a pedicure. Um, <laughs> this, this will inspire you maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what I have been focusing on the past couple months is trying to do the best I can for my health. And I've been trying to focus on eating better. And I've been trying to focus on going to bed earlier because I used to stay up till 11 midnight one getting things done in peace and quiet. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like this is not good for me long-term. So I've been going to bed earlier and just those, those simple things that really I should have been doing anyway, let's be honest. Sure. Of course. Um, And getting outside for fresh air. I know I've talked to you about that before, how I just being able to get outside in the sunshine and fresh air and really does renew me so much. And so those little simple things, because it's important to remember that there are seasons of life. And sometimes we forget that because we want to be in the next season of life, or we want to be in our friend's season of life. And right now my season of life is I don't have a lot of time alone. And the way that I can best take care of myself is just by eating better and getting out for a walk and going to sleep early. And it's not necessarily, I'm going to go get a massage and I'm going to go to Target alone and go shopping. And, and that's okay because that's my season of life right now, but that's not necessarily somebody else's season of life. So I don't think there's any one right or wrong way to take care of yourself because I've heard people say things like, oh, it's not, you know, self-care isn't going shopping alone. Or that's not a vacation. I'm like, um, I'm sorry. When I get to go to the grocery store alone, that is like a vacation. I love it. Okay. I stop by buy soda. I stroll the aisles without kids asking me for everything. Like, I love it. Don't look down on me because I happen to enjoy going to the grocery store alone. I do too. I do too. And it is kind of like a mental vacation too, because like you said, you're not trying to take care of all, like all of them and all of their needs at that moment. Like you can just peruse and take your time. You're not in a rush Mm -hmm. and be in your own world, your own thoughts and your own mental space while you're doing it. And that's, we don't get to do that very often. So it's nice Mm -hmm. to have those little breaks. I love it. So I'm with you. I I think, I do think that's a form of self-care. So (laughs) I agree. Um, Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, um, I know you do a lot of traveling, which I absolutely love. And so we're going to talk about what it's like to travel with a family of six and get your best tips for any budget tips you have, or just some of your favorite places that you've gone and, and whatnot. So we'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. Okay, so Justine, I love following you on on social media because I love seeing all the places you go. I'm a huge traveler myself. I just grew up traveling with my own family, and now that I have, you know, my own kids, uh, we we like to travel as much as possible. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are apprehensive to travel um, mm -hmm. with even one child because yeah. they think, oh, it's going to be too hard to travel with a baby or too hard to travel with a toddler and whatnot. So, will you, for anyone who's listening today, will you share with us um, your kids' ages or just you're the the oldest mm -hmm. and the youngest? Because I know you have everyone in between. Um, <laughs> And then, and then, cause you go, you go away a lot and you travel to national parks, you travel, um, to Disneyland, you travel to lots of places. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so it is possible, but I, I <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a second, but, but share with us, you know, your, your oldest and your youngest, or if you want to share all their ages, that's fine too. So people know that it is possible to travel with kids of all ages. So if you would share that real quick and then, um, let's talk about, you know, the nitty gritty of it. Okay, my oldest is 12, and then I have a 10 year old, eight year old, seven year old of, hold on. <laughs> I lost track. Hold on. 12, 10, 8, 7, and 4, and 2. And 2. Yeah, there we go. I was trying to count up my hands. Like, okay, we got this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Um, so, I mean, you have basically a tween, almost, you know, early teenager, mm -hmm. and you have, a, you know, toddlers or, you know, yeah. at least one full toddler, one preschooler, yeah. but still two little ones that aren't even in school yet. So, and then, you know, you know, a few in between. So, and you've been traveling, you know, for years, you know, yeah. so when you've had newborns and when you've had, you know, mm -hmm. one-year-olds and things like that, um, I mean, you don't seem like it, but I should ask, have you ever been apprehensive to travel with a, so many children and B kids that are, you know, younger than five, let's say, or multiple kids younger than five. And, and how have you made that work? Or I'm sure it's not all easy. You know, we see the highlights on Instagram and things like that. Right. And I, I think we get that. Um, you know, there's going to be fights that, you know, aren't being shown or, you know, kids <laughs> crying in the car because they're, they're not, they're not there yet or whatever it is. But yeah. can you share a little bit about your experience traveling so much and traveling with so many kids of all different ages and kind of how you've made it work and, um, any tips that you might want to share? You know, um, I am really fortunate that my husband is able to go on the, all the adventures that we go on together. When I was growing up, I have three sisters and my father was self-employed. He was a general contractor. And so a lot of times, um, when we would go on trips like road trips and stuff and things like that, my mom would just take us and my dad would have to stay home and work. And so I don't know how she did that. I am very fortunate to have Mike because I, I see some of these mothers that travel without their spouses with their kids. And I'm amazed by that. Like that really is amazing to me. I, that's not sound appealing to me at all, but um, right. <laughs> there have been two times I can think of when I was nervous about traveling one time. Oh, it's not really traveling, but one time when we were moving back to California from Texas, Mike was driving the moving truck and I was driving our car with a two-year-old and a two-month-old by myself. 
And I was wow. really nervous about that. I was like, I'm going to have to stop a nurse. I'm going to drive it's such a far drive. And you know, it, it just, it worked out. There was one hairy time when I had to stop and use a rest stop bathroom. And I was like, I don't know what to do with the kids. This is really hard, but you know, you just, you do it. And then the other time was this past Christmas, we were flying with all the kids for the first time because we usually road trip everywhere. And right. um, because plane tickets are expensive for a family of eight. Of course. Yes, <laughs> so absolutely. We, we were flying to South Carolina and it was the first time I had flown with kids since I only had one kid. Like I'd never flown with all the kids before. And I thought this is going to be a nightmare. It was when, you know, you still had to wear masks on airplanes. And I was like, my two, my three-year-old at the time, she was three at the time. Uh, she's not going to wear a mask and they're going to make her wear a mask because she's over two and blah, blah. And I, I was like, I was so prepared for it to be a nightmare. And it was just fine. It was just fine. And I think sometimes where you run into trouble, trouble with traveling with kids is when you have really, really high expectations. And that might sound bad. No, I, I I'm, I'm so glad you said that. It's yeah. so true. I think if you just go into it expecting like, yeah, this is going to be fun, but it's also going to be really hard. And there's probably going to be times that really suck and you just got to get through it. Then you're going to come out of it being like, wow, that was actually not so bad. That was really wonderful. Like they did great. Like, great job, guys. You know, I, I think that it's all about how you, how you prepare, how you prepare, but also how you prepare mentally for traveling with kids. Yes. Yes. And, and I agree. And I think that's a, a, a trap that a lot of us find, you know, find ourselves in, you know, when we're looking for because we're looking forward to the vacation. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, growing up before kids, a vacation meant relaxing on the beach, yeah. you know, just reading a book or taking a nap or, you know, um, and now things are very different. So I think, you know, if you're a newer parent and even if you're a seasoned parent too, I think it can still yeah. creep up on you and happen. Absolutely. Um, you do have a certain set of expectations of what mm-hmm. a quote unquote vacation looks like. And, you know, I think like you said, the, as bad as it might sound, I guess out loud, but <laughs> the lower the expectation, expectations you have, the more better trip you probably were, mm-hmm. get, you know, will get yeah. because, you know, it's kind of like seeing a movie. There's sometimes so many times, I guess there's a random analogy, but um, there's been so many times like someone will see a, a movie before me and then they'll give me the review and be like, oh, you know, it was it was not that good. You won't like mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, well, I, I kind of still want to see it. And so I'll yeah. see it. But then I have such low expectations. I end up loving the movie and I'm yeah. thinking, oh, what, what was my friend talking about? This movie was awesome. It may not be yeah. like the best movie in the world or, you know, to get an Oscar, but, you know, it's entertaining, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't. Yeah, a I enjoyed of, it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I that is a really good analogy. I also I feel like as parents, there's a lot of, we feel a lot of pressure, like inward pressure for pressure from ourselves to create all these magical, memorable moments for our kids. And sometimes we forget, like, it's the little things that we don't think are a big deal that our kids are going to have the most fun with and remember the most oftentimes. Yes, that is true. And that is true. And my kids will bring up memories sometimes that I'll think, gosh, I didn't even remember that because it didn't stand out to me as a wow yeah. moment of, in parenthood. But to them, they're like, we go back to that one place that we did so and so with and, you know, or that was so fun when we did there or went there. And I thought, gosh, I didn't even, you know, that was just kind of like a random time we went to, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. down the street to have a picnic or something, yeah. you know. Um, but like you said, it's, it's about that. And, you know, I think me, I'll speak for myself being more of a type, a perfectionist planner person, you know, who has those higher expectations. I have to kind of reel that back a little bit, um, and just let go of that. And knowing that I'm going to have more fun too, not just my kids, because mm-hmm. the pressure's yeah. not on, 
but it'll let me enjoy it as well too, because I'm not so worried about, you know, oh, we, we missed our dinner reservation. Now what are we going to do? Or, yeah. you know, so-and-so's, you know, not feeling well. And now we have to cancel our snorkeling tour because we have to go back to the hotel room and rest or, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's, it's that too. But I know you do a lot of traveling to national parks. Um, mm-hmm. You go lots of places I know. And yeah. so if anyone, anyone who's not following Justine, please, well, you'll share your socials at the end and they'll be in the podcast notes. But, um, you know, anyone who's not following her, please, please follow because she has the most fun adventures. Um, <laughs> and I absolutely love following along. But what are what are some of your favorite places that you've gone um, with your kids? What's what's a good road trip? Um, anyone living on the West Coast, you know, could probably go to these places. But what are some some of your favorite places that you feel is really family friendly, budget friendly, just good places to go as as a family, whether you have a family of two or eight like yourself? Okay. I love these kinds of questions. Um, so we are really fortunate on the West Coast. We have a lot of beautiful, excuse me, a lot of beautiful places and a lot of beautiful national parks really close to us. If you're looking for like a beach vacation, we love Carlsbad. And, yes. you, you know, you're pretty close to there. So you know how wonderful it is. And you it's great because you get the beach, but you can also like go to Legoland if you want the theme park experience. So we love Carlsbad. Um, we also really like... Pismo is a really fun beach town for families. And if you're going there, it's a great place to go in fall or winter because they get the, they have a huge monarch butterfly grove there oh, where they right. winter over there. And there are thousands and thousands of monarch butterflies. It's just beautiful. So that's a really fun place. And then if you're looking for like national parks, I mean, we love Yosemite. We're about three hours from Yosemite. It's our one of our favorite national parks to go to. And we always recommend that to everyone. When I when I find somebody who lives in California and has not been to Yosemite yet, I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to go. It's the coolest place. Um, And for people that might be up in like Oregon or Washington, I mean, in the summertime, Mount Rainier is, people ask me what my favorite national park is. And that's really hard to say, but we went there in August of 2020 and it was the most gorgeous place I think I've ever been ever. And I've been a lot of beautiful places, but the wildflowers there are just insane in August. And the, yeah, it's our national parks are such amazing places. And I talk to people all the time that have never been to any, and it makes me so, so sad. Um, Utah has some really good ones too. That's also a really easy drive to get to Zion. We love Zion national park. We just went to Bryce Canyon this summer. That was my first time there for anybody who's a Disney fan. Bryce Canyon National Park was the inspiration behind um, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. So if you go there, you you and your kids will totally recognize it. Oh, it just looks just like the ride because it does. I love it. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, and we are very lucky, um, you know, that we have so many options that are in driving distance, you know, for mm-hmm. the last couple of years. That's, you know, kind of what I think a lot of us were doing um, anyway, just because of whether it was too expensive to travel or, you know, we, we couldn't travel and, you know, COVID yeah. restrictions and all the things. So um, and I know I learned something on, again, your Instagram that fourth graders can travel to national parks for free. Can you go yes. more into that? Yes. So there is a really great program. It's called Every Kid in a Park. And it's really easy. All your fourth grader has to do is get on, um, I think it's everykidinapark.org. And they go and they answer a couple questions and then they can have a whole year's worth. It's like from September through August 31st of the next year. You and your fa- them, sorry, them and their family can get into all the national parks for free. With that, you can also... Um, if you happen to live near a national forest where you can cut down your own Christmas tree, like we do, we live by El Dorado National Forest, Tahoe National Forest, you can get a free tree cutting permit 
to cut down a tree with that with that fourth grade pass. Um, also in the state of California, if you are in California and you're a fourth grader, you can get a pass that lets you into 19 state parks for free also, including if you're up in Sacramento, the State Railroad Museum, which is a really, really cool place. So it's wow. it's definitely something I try to always tell fourth grade parents. I'm like, do you have a fourth grader? You have to go online. You have to print this up. You can get into <laughs> national parks for free. You and the whole family. It's great. I know that is amazing. Um, and my daughter will be in fourth grade next year. So when I saw Perfect. that, I thought, oh, I'm totally doing that because that's just such a a wonderful experience for them and, you know, to do as a family. And, um, and it, like you said, it adds up. So if you can mm-hmm. get something that's for free or discounted or something like that, I mean, it, it can make a lot of difference. So, mm-hmm. um, so thank you. See so many educational things that I learned from you too. Um, <laughs> something else I've learned from you and, you know, we'll close with this, um, is talking about blogging. Now you, me and our friend, Jenny, um, from princess turned mom. Hi, Jenny. Yes. If you're out there. Um, <laughs> you, you, we, we co-hosted, um, a retreat last year for bloggers. So fun. Yeah. The magical media retreat. And it was so good that we are going to plan another one for March of 2023. Yes. um, That we're in the midst of planning right now that we're so excited about. So if anyone is, you know, an aspiring blogger, or maybe you've been around for a while, but you still want to learn new things or, you know, get a little spruce in your step and, you know, maybe change some of your content or whatever it is. um, Everyone's welcome. And we'll make sure we share more details on that soon. So make sure you're following me and Justine and Jenny and, you know, we can get more info on that as soon as we have it planned. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, the, the the retreat, you know, revolves around, you know, inspiring content creation and learning how to blog and learning how to get better SEO and all those things. So, mm-hmm. um, and you've been blogging for how many years now? Almost 12. November will be 12 years. 12 yes. years. Okay. So you, you, and, and you have an amazing blog. You're an amazing writer. Oh, thank you. Um, before we end today, I just wanted to have you share maybe a, a few quick tips for any parents or moms out there that are listening that may want to start getting into blogging. Maybe, you know, they're at home and they, they have, they have some things to share and they, mm-hmm. they want to help and, and connect with others. What would be the first, you know, maybe a first step or first couple steps they could take to to start getting into something like that? Well, the, the first thing I always recommend to people is that as, as corny and cheesy and cliche as it sounds, is you really need to know your why. Is your why really just because, well, I have extra time and I want a creative outlet because that was originally my why. Is your why, well, I have all this stuff I feel like I can share with people and really help them. Or is your why, uh, well, I'd really like to earn some money from home. Like those are all valid whys. And I think you really need to be honest with yourself about what your why is because it's going to make a difference on how you approach, how you approach blogging and how you invest in your blog. Um, You know, 80% of blogs will fail within the next 18 months. That was a stat I found a while ago when I was looking something up and most, most blogs fail, quote unquote fail. I hate using that word because what's the definition of that, but we'll quote unquote fail within the first six months. I was in a blogging group once where somebody was saying, I finally decided to take the plunge. I did it. I bought this and I bought this and I enrolled in this and I signed up for this. And I'm like, I didn't say this because I didn't want to be a negative Nelly, but I was thinking you just spent thousands of dollars on something that you might not actually enjoy once you start doing it because blogging takes a lot of time. And, And I think that's the other thing. Like you need to realize that blogging takes a lot of time. And I'm not trying to be negative. Like I want to be positive. I do love blogging. Like I love it. It is so fun to have this creative outlet. It has provided a lot of neat opportunities for my family. Um, 
but it, it does take up a lot of time. I mean, you could ask my husband and he gets very annoyed with sometimes, sometimes how much time I, I spend on blogging. Sure. But I Same. think, um, some tips is definitely, I don't think you necessarily have to take an expensive course, especially when you're starting out, but I would look into how Pinterest works and how you can best utilize Pinterest because Pinterest is going to be a really huge thing for you. Even these days with how much Pinterest has changed, I would look into, um, SEO and what good SEO means. I would install the free Yoast plugin. I don't pay for Yoast. There is a paid version. I just use the free one, but that really helps you as you're, as you're getting to learn how to write for SEO because learning to write, you know, I majored in, um, I can't think right now. <laughs> I majored <laughs> in liberal studies in, in school. So I took a lot of, a lot of literature classes, a lot of writing classes and the way you write, if you were actually like writing nicely, as opposed to writing on a blog for SEO is completely different. You really have to rewire, re, rewire your whole brain. Yeah. To figure out how to write for SEO. And so I would install the Yoast, the free Yoast plugin. Um, and I would, this might be an unpopular opinion. I would not, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I would not invest a lot of money at first. I didn't spend any money on my blog, on anything blogging related until I had made money, until I had my first paying job. Right. And that's not necessarily the way that everybody wants to go. And that's fine. But, um, you know, it's it's been... It's been a kind of a slow climb for me, but it's been a lot of learning. And that's been really fun for me to kind of learn and figure things out and um, invest a lot of my time to really be able to produce something and have something that I'm so proud of now. Exactly. Exactly. I think those are all great tips. And I would actually agree with you. And I haven't even, you know, done some of those things and I, I should, but it's so, so hard sometimes, right? With going back mm -hmm. to multitasking, it's, yes. you know, where do you, where do you put your time? And like you said, you know, to in invest in whatever you're investing in, you know, just making sure that it's, you know, you have your why and you, you know what you're doing it for and you can dedicate the time, you know, because it is a lot of work, um, mm -hmm. you know, before, before doing that. But it's just, you know, it's hard because these moms, we're, we're thrown in so many different directions and sometimes it's hard to really hone in on, on something like that, but you've, you've yeah. made it work and you've made it work so beautifully. So, um, if you could share with everyone where they can find your blog and what it's called and what your website is and where they can find you online, um, to start following along and listening to more of your random Carline rambles, which <laughs> I love, um, and all your other pieces on, you know, that, that you talk about with motherhood and, and so forth. Um, if you would share that with us, that would be wonderful. Yeah, of course. So my blog is Little Dove Blog, and that's just www.littledoveblog.com. So that's easy to remember. My Instagram handle is littledove.justine. So my name's right in there. Um, I am on Facebook and Twitter, but to be honest, not very much. I'm, I'm not a big fan. So Instagram and my blog is, is definitely the place to find me. Awesome. Well, Justine, thank you so much for being here today and, you know, thank just you. sharing your your wisdom on motherhood and just all the things. And if anyone else, um, you know, who's out there listening, um, we didn't get to it today on this episode. Maybe we'll soon or maybe we'll do a joint with Jenny one of these days um, is that Justine is also a Disney mom. I know I've had, <laughs> a, you know, a couple Disney episodes on the podcast before and I'm a huge Disney mom. We're actually going to Disneyland tomorrow <laughs> because oh, we have fun. classes. And so we're going to, you know, go for all the fall, you know, um, you know, Halloween and fall mm -hmm. things. So um, anyway, but if you also love Disney, then, um, you know, you 
Justine also talks about that as well. Um, I know your one of your recent um, car car rambles has been on um, what's overrated at Disney, <laughs> and I remember churros being part of it. So that's a little. Well, everybody said churros. I was shocked because I've I've actually never had a Disney churro. I I know which is shocking, but everybody always talks about how much they love the churros. So I was so surprised. I know, I know, and I well, I'm gluten free, so I can't really eat them anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, and my kids have only had I think one in their lifetime, so we're we're definitely there for other things more than that. But <laughs> it was just funny to see those responses and you know and whatnot. So if anyone wants to watch that, it's in her Instagram highlights mm-hmm. under yeah. Random Carline Rambles. You can see the whole churro conversation um, and some other ones is there as well. And again, Justine, thank you for your time, and um, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see you and give you a hug in person soon. I know, yay! Okay. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first. Then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.